Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Always. Welcome to a special, very special edition of Dangerous World Podcast here. Been teasing it for far too long, and I'm really excited to get it started. And I should have known this. I quote this show almost every darn episode. This is going to be a multiple-part series at this point, okay? I don't know if we're going to run them back-to-back-to-back here or kind of space them out a little bit. I want so much to cover all of the good content that is in South Park, right? Like, you can't do it in an hour. You can't do it in two hours. I don't really like sitting here and talking by myself for any more than like an hour and a half. Um, some some great shows out there have like three, four, five hour long episodes, but they usually have guests. Anyone that talks alone for four hours out loud and tries to like maintain that like entertainment level and like engaging level of discussion, anyone that can do that without like getting out of the room and then kicking their dog immediately afterwards is absolutely insane. Um, There is gonna be a lot of offensive stuff in this. There's gonna be strong language, all that stuff. It's South Park, right? All the free free speech perpetuators out there, um, and free peach for that matter, the free speech perpetuators need to uh, kind of understand that maybe there's gonna be some strong language, you know, for, for things like this and in general for this kind of show, right? But um, I do want to preface it by saying that I don't know how many episodes we're going to cover in this. And the way that I'm going to do it, if you've been a listener of the show for a little while, I usually fade out. And then, you know, that's to hopefully get some people over there to the Patreon to support the hard work that goes on here. Not going to do that for this one. Um, I don't see the point in like teasing, you know, free content. This is not my content either. Obviously, this belongs to South Park. I think they're still part of Comedy Central. Uh, I think it's exclusive on HBO Max. So hopefully there's no issues with me, you know, airing these clips. These are mostly older episodes, so I wouldn't think that there would be uh, any issue. But uh, either way, there's quite a bit of stuff that I want to get through here. And I'm starting off with a good one. I'm going to start off with an episode called The Death Camp of Tolerance. I'll give you the names of each one of these episodes, the season, the episode. This is season six, episode 14. Incredibly relevant to what is going on right now in schools with like, you know, the gay push and the the LGBTQ, what is it up to now? LGBTQIA plus some, I mean, I, I it adds every single day. It seems like they're adding a letter or two onto that thing. I remember when it was just LGBT, right? But it's wild how much this show predicts. People talk about the Simpsons predicting stuff, right? And actually, speaking of that, People were really reaching with the Simpsons prediction of the uh, submarines. I mean, they, they wrote a submarine in the show. You know what I mean? They didn't predict anything with the crashing or any of this stuff, right? It, it, it's goofy how how much of a distraction that Simpsons show really is. I think that, I mean, this is the most prolific show out there. The writers are geniuses. Now, sure, they might be part of some machine. We got to separate the art from the artists here. The art is incredible when it comes to this show not literally the art because it's pretty crude but if you haven't seen it i'm basically going to be describing the episodes and and i'm playing quite a bit of clips here um i'm going to give some context and i'm going to basically act like no one has seen this show even though you all should absolutely watch it especially if you're kind of concerned with some of the topics that are addressed on this show and shows like it Um, with this first one, like I said, being like the homosexuality push in school and the whole idea of tolerance, right? As goofy as some of these episodes are, and most of them are super goofy, right? There's actually morals in a lot of these things. And it's not a reach to say that, you know, maybe the writers are throwing these in there on purpose or, you know, 
it usually ends with a pretty strong joke, but that doesn't mean that there isn't some truth in this comedy here. So I want to share a lot of this stuff. And uh, like I said, not sure how many episodes we're going to do. I'm going to do some, and then I'm going to make a clear ending point. And then for the Patreon, uh, you know, subscribers, I'll do some extra content that's exactly like this, right? Uh, doing a, you know, two or three episodes and then kind of, you know, sharing the clips and talking about what I, what I see in each one of these. But I want to plug a little bit up front here. Uh, appreciate everybody, you know, kind of supporting the show and doing so on patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast, three, five, $10 tiers, three gets you the full episodes of all this stuff. Five is like bonus content. And 10 is just, if you love the show, you like the work, you don't really get anything extra for that $10 tier. Um, I try to do monthly meetups, but only a couple people show up to those. So, um, you know, and I appreciate those folks that do, but it'd be nice to, to interact with all the people that support the show, but it's not required. So, that's there uh there's that there and then um dangerousworldpodcast.com is the website right doing the conspiracy soap on there there is a link for the soap in my link tree which i post in every single show notes here or on patreon um i recommend getting that four dollar bundle because shipping is the same for the one bar versus the four bar value pack, if you want to call it that, because, uh, you know, I, I run my store through a uh, third party and I can't control the shipping costs, unfortunately. On my own site, when I was doing it like that, I would just do shit for free, uh, free shipping, and then I would kind of eat that cost. It was like three or four bucks. I threw $5 on on for shipping domestically, not doing inter international yet, but go check it out. Some great sense, Invasion, uh, New World Order. Bigfoot bait and of course MK Ultra, those are awesome, all natural things. They're great for your skin. Um, I recommend at least checking it out and um, yeah, fun stuff there. That's essentially it. I do want you to check out Pure Pet Wellness if you have a dog or cat that may need some CBD. You can uh, throw in the promo code DWP at checkout, you get 20% off some great American made CBD products there, okay? And with that said, let's get into this death camp of tolerance okay i'm going to describe each character as if you haven't seen them before because i just want to give some context here um the first first episode here as i mentioned addresses very very well i think the whole idea of the homosexual push in schools now it starts off with their gay teacher is this guy mr garrison in the early seasons he used uh this mr hat as like kind of a teacher's assistant right uh Mr. Hat gets kicked out later in the season. In this particular episode, he has a special assistant, which happens to be his boyfriend. But the episode starts off this gay teacher being hired back after he was fired because the whole school board, and the administration thought that what he was doing was offensive and not good to have around kids, right? Dude's talking about his personal life, having sex with his boyfriend, all this stuff, things that you know, liberal parents are, are really happy for their kids to hear about these days. But they fire him, they hire him back, and that's how the episode starts off. And he's really excited to get his job, super happy that, that uh, you know, the, the school is being more tolerant and the parents are being more tolerant. Good for Mr. Garrison, he's got his job back, right? Now he's leaving the principal's office after she gives him the good news, and she lets a little something slip. She says, well, you know, if we fired you again, you could sue us for millions of dollars. And he stops and he, he's like, wait, I could make millions of dollars for suing you people for being intolerant to me. And a light bulb goes off in his head, you can tell. And this is basically how the whole episode goes. He's essentially trying to get fired throughout the entire episode by doing really, really homoerotic stuff in front of kids in this. Now, yes, disgusting, but it proves a point here, okay? Follow along with me on this. And uh, I think, like I said, it's just brilliant work here. He brings in his boyfriend, who is like a dominatrix, like a sub, right? Like one of these submissive dudes. Uh, his name is Mr. Slave, okay? And Mr. Slave is the new teacher's assistant over Mr. Hat, and he abbreviates it as the teacher's ass. Now, Mr. Slave's thing, he always says, Jesus Christ, he's got a super gay voice. Awesome character, though. I think he's hilarious. Um, he continues doing wild stuff. Anytime that the kids act up or something goes wrong he pulls out a mallet and spanks mr slave in front of all the kids and here's our first clip so we'll tee it up here and this will uh, kind of let you know essentially some of the the wild shit 
that Mr. Garrison is doing with Mr. Slave in front of fourth graders. You hear him say this will get me fired for sure right i mean he's doing he's literally spanking his boyfriend's naked ass in front of children okay now the kids obviously are disturbed by this and they want to go tell their parents about it and i kind of think that actually like uh you know the the liberal uh the new world order the the people weakening america and where whether you want to call it uh you know the bolsheviks or whatever I think that they've gotten on top of this. They, they've gotten the idea across to kids now in schools that you don't need to tell your parents about this stuff, right? Um, your parents don't know as good as we do. So don't even, don't even worry about telling them. They're, they're I don't know, they, they've done this a great job grooming these kids. And it's something that's very evil. So when I say that they've done a great job, it does not mean that I agree with it. So don't, don't get that twisted at all. But they're accomplishing their goals here by doing this. Now, when they go to go tell their their parents, these fourth graders, the, the main characters, Cartman, Stan, Kyle, and in this part of the show, Butters is, you know, one of my favorite characters. He replaces Kenny, who was, was a character in the earlier seasons. He comes back later and whatnot. But the uh, parents are having a book review. They were reading Nancy Drew as grown-ass adults. And uh, that's a re- reoccurring theme on the show, too, is that the parents are fucking stupid. The, all the parents are very, very dumb, and the kids kind of save the parents more often than not so there could be some hidden propaganda within that as well i'm sure that someone could find some angle there but i think that some of the uh you know plot points in the show are just there just to be funny so this is one uh another clip here of these kids going and sharing uh what their teacher was doing and the parents are having none of it because they want their kids to be tolerant and fit right in with the rest of society of tolerance now when they go to the museum of tolerance um it's hilarious when they go there there's all kinds of wax sculptures of stereotypes there's a uh the first one that they show was a black guy eating fried chicken and watermelon the second one is like an asian uh messing around on a calculator and all the features are exaggerated the asians got big teeth um all this shit and they go to this one spot where you know all stereotypes are bad and all this stuff and they go up and and randy stan's dad says well here here's another great stereotype the sleepy mexican and they go up to this other thing that looks like a wax sculpture but it's actually a sleeping mexican uh while he's supposed to be mopping the floor he's sleeping now again offensive stuff but what are we doing here are we going to get offended by things like this if we're saying like uh you know things are getting too politically correct and all that stuff it's why i love the show they always push the boundaries and uh, they make they make things like this funny. Now, another thing that you do need to know about the show, when Chef was a character and when he was a part of the show, their school chef, he's like a, a fat black dude, um, very knowledgeable, very street smart, very wise, right? That's kind of his role in the show. The kids always go to him for advice that they can't get from the parents. And up until the very last episode where he's there, which is actually a great Scientology episode that we'll cover later, uh, he's very wholesome with the kids now in his personal life he's fucking all kinds of women because he's a he's a big black dude he gets to do that kind of stuff right that's another funny stereotype in the show and um he he's kind of got like a double life he's very very knowledgeable with the kids very good with the kids but then he's running trains on chicks in his personal life that's how it should be done right he, he's never going around telling the kids what he's doing in his personal life and, and all that stuff so they go to the chef to get some advice here and the chef 
once he hears that the kids are intolerant of gay people, he's upset. He's asking, why are you guys so ups- uh, so upset with gay people? And, and you guys need to understand what they're, you know, it's, it's their life choices and blah, blah, blah. And then they tell him it's Mr. Garrison. And he says, okay, being offended or weirded out by Mr. Garrison is completely different than being intolerant to gay people. And this is kind of where I started seeing a lot of real world shit in this very episode here. Just because kids are weirded out by what's going on, they're not anymore. It's normalized at this point. But because, you know, parents are allowing this weird shit to go on, teachers are pushing the limits. They're starting to talk about how the kids can be gay, right? And sure, you know, kids, when they grow up, they can be gay, but no kids are are having sex at this age. Again, these are fourth graders. So you're seeing this in, in constant real life. The drag queen story, yeah, we're bringing toddlers and infants around depraved people is really what it is, right? Now, I'm all for, for that stuff. I've done some weird shit in my personal life, but I wouldn't sit there and talk to kids about it, right? That's the whole difference here. And I think that that's what this episode really pounds home. Now, once the kids go to the Museum of Tolerance and they still understand that they're not tolerant enough, they go to a death camp of tolerance. And it's literally the show cuts from color to black and white, and it's a Nazi camp. And it's a Nazi that is forcing the kids to be tolerant. Um, The Nazis making the kids finger paint and do all these kinds of things, child activities. And if a kid wants to paint something that doesn't represent diversity, they get whipped and they get, you know, starved and all these things. So every kid is painting like multiple creeds and colors under a rainbow. And if, you know, the example that's used in the show, Kyle, the little Jewish kid tries to paint a bear and he gets in trouble for painting a bear instead of painting diversity, right? That's the kind of shit that is actively being pushed in schools today. It's obvious, right? Now, the show continues to go on. They finally end up, you know, coming to to the realization that, yeah, Mr. Garrison and Mr. Slave are doing some weird shit, and he even admits it. They go to a Tolerance Awards show at the end, all the parents. None of the kids are there because they're all in the concentration camp or the death camp of Tolerance, and uh, they give Mr. Garrison a nice award here, and this is how he accepts it. Now, by the way, he's riding his gay boyfriend out and he's his boyfriend is dressed as like a, a dominatrix horse or like a furry almost. And he's riding his uh, boyfriend, who's also wearing assless chaps out to accept his award for being gay. Okay, so this is something that I actually failed to mention, and now this is making me remember. When he's about to sing his song, all the animals that Mr. Garrison was shoving inside of Mr. Slave in front of the kids, little gerbils, uh, katata fish, all these different animals that the teacher of fourth graders was shoving into the ass of his sex slave boyfriend are acting up in his stomach now. And one of the leaders, Lemmy Winks, uh, who's a you know a formal uh, former I should say class pet of the kids is kind of leading a revolution of all the animals that are stuck inside Mr. Slave's ass and they're starting to act up right now. Courageous. So courageous. God damn it, don't you people get 
museum tells us to be tolerant. Yes, the museum. The museum tells us. Tolerant, but not stupid. Look, just because you have to tolerate something doesn't mean you have to approve of it. If you had to like it, it'd be called the Museum of Acceptance. Tolerate means you're just putting up with it. You tolerate a crying child sitting next to you on the airplane, or, or you tolerate a bad cold. It can still piss you off. Jesus, tap dancing Christ. He's right. <laughs> There's your moral right there. I mean, tolerating something can make you angry. But, I mean, I, I can't say it better myself. It's wild that, that the tolerance has gotten to this level where it's not only tolerating it, it's propping it up. It's making somebody, just because of their own basic life choices, of uh, going against what what nature intends, right? Going against nature, essentially, is is good right and i'm not saying that that gay people are bad um i don't agree with homosexuality but i also don't agree with democrats um i don't agree with uh, you know a lot of things that i don't think that these people should be killed or punished over their life choices i just don't agree with it now the only group of people that i think should be killed for their life choices are like pedophiles and stuff like that and i think that that's something that if you don't agree with there's something wrong with you right tolerance is is one thing acceptance is an, is another absolutely so well said mr garrison the depraved pervert who what do you think happens to him after he talks about acceptance versus tolerance he gets sent to the death camp of tolerance at the end of the episode so you know it, it, that is what it is society is not understanding what it means to just be tolerant there's no gray area right all black and white uh, polarized polar opposites in every single circumstance whether it be politics whether it be how to raise kids whether it be sports right everything is night and day there is no gray area and I think that that episode again the death camp of tolerance what again was it season 16 episode 4 does a phenomenal job breaking that down and uh, you get a little slice of why I quote this damn show in almost every episode. Now let's move to the next one here. If you haven't watched the show in a long time, and if you haven't seen this episode, and you are considering yourself a conspiracy theorist, this is the one that you need to start with here. This is season 10, episode 7, Mystery of the Urinal Deuce. Now it's not as cringy and crude as that sounds. By the name of the title alone, you would assume that somebody took a shit in a urinal at the school and you would be correct but this is also a 9-11 episode okay wild really really well done stuff here now it starts off mr Mackey, who is the uh counselor at the school right two main teachers that you see you see the principal quite a bit but you see mr garrison the guy that that previous episode was about uh who is that teacher he's been the teacher for the kids throughout their entire school careers even when the show kind of implies that they graduate and move on to the next level of schooling. Mr. Garrison somehow follows them throughout their entire school career. Mr. Mackey is like a really, uh, you know, awkward, skinny, nerdy counselor. And that's the guy that that kind of helps address the kids with their problems. And he says, okay, a lot. That's why his name is Mackey, because he just says, okay, constantly. Now, it starts off with him bursting into a classroom when Mr. Garrison's teaching a lesson, bitching and yelling and screaming that somebody took a shit in a urinal, and he's very, very upset about it, making it too much of a big deal, essentially. Cartman, right away, ties this whole thing into 9-11. He says this is going to turn into a conspiracy, just like 9-11. And Kyle, the Jewish kid that's always kind of bickering with Cartman, gets pissed right away. He's like, oh, my God, you're retarded, all this stuff, right? Now, Mr. Mackey calls the cops to get to the bottom of this urinal story, and the cops can't seem to solve this case. So what do they do? There's nothing that they could do other than call the Hardly Boys, and the Hardly Boys uh, make a very nice uh, very nice case for uh, what's going on here. And at the end of the episode, they end up getting to the bottom of it. But here's a quick introduction to the, who the Hardly Boys are. And uh, I'll just tell you right now, when they say that they're getting a clue because you can't see the visuals when they're getting a clue they're getting boners and i think that that becomes obvious here but uh this is the introduction when the hardly boys make their first appearance on the show
sure is a mystery. Yeah, it sounds super hard. Whoever did it must have been angry with the school. Oh. Ooh. I think I'm getting a clue. Really? Yeah, this is totally giving me a clue right now. Oh. I'm starting to get a clue, too. My clue's kind of pointing this way. Oh. Yeah, now I've got a total clue. I've still got a raging clue. My clue's pointing over there now. <laughs> oh, let's follow that clue. <laughs> so you get the you get the impression that uh, they're not going to solve anything. They're just talking about their boners, but they do end up solving the case. They figure out who uh, who who committed nine eleven, if that's how you want to say that. Now this next clip, I want to go back to back clips here because this is just something for you to enjoy. Okay, uh, again, this is the the conspiracy theorist episode here. This is Cartman, uh, the fat asshole, essentially. And Kyle, kind of like the nice but nerdy kind of Jewy kid. Um, I, I, honestly, Cartman's a total dick. And, and if I was going to have a friend, it would absolutely be Kyle in this show. But this is them arguing about like the cons- the potential conspiracy of what 9-11 is and, and all this shit. But it's really, really well done. So here it is. Did they find out who crapped in the urinal yet? Not yet. They are going to find out who did it. But they'll make up a scapegoat, send him to detention, and make us all believe it. It'll be 9-11 all over again. Will you shut up about 9-11? Kyle, why are you so afraid of the truth? Because anybody who thinks 9-11 was a conspiracy is a retard. Oh, really? Well, did you know that over one-fourth of people in America think that 9-11 was a conspiracy? Are you saying that one-fourth of Americans are retards? Yes, I'm saying one-fourth of Americans are retards. Yeah, at least one-fourth. Let's take a test sample. There's four of us. You're a retard. That's one-fourth. There are so many people who know the truth, Cal. But Hey, fellas! But do you think 9-11 was just a plot by some angry terrorists, or do you think there was some kind of cover-up? Well, I heard that 9-11 was caused by President Bush. Aha, you see? Where did you hear that? From Eric. I rest my case. Butters, you don't really believe that, do you? Well, I mean, you never know. The government does some pretty spooky things. The government and the corporations headed by the Jews that carry down 9-11. That's right, Butters. <laughs> So remember, he's talking to a Jew there, and he's saying, you know, the government and the the corporations that are headed by the Jews carried out 9-11. Um, now, as as this episode keeps going, you do get the obvious vibe from the show, and they say as much, that people that believe that 9-11 was carried out by the government or allowed to happen by the government under the Bush administration, you're retarded, right? Now, Cartman is the one that is saying this. Now, yes, I mentioned he's the fat asshole. He's a total piece of shit on the show, but he ends up being right almost every single time. That's what's pretty interesting about this. So I think that they're kind of sliding that in there for you. I'm not trying to put words in the creator's mouth. Uh, Matt Stone, uh, Trey Parker, geniuses, okay? But I, I do think that there is something to that idea where Cartman is the asshole. You're retarded if you believe 9-11 was a conspiracy. But the assholes are right a lot of the time, right? That's the thing. The assholes do their research. And, uh, man, the next clip, too, with the show and tell that comes up here in just a second is just wild. It, it, it's absolutely nuts. Um, I think that what, what it also does here is it kind of throws the idea out there that, you know, conspiracy theorists, yes, they do the research. They're smart. And I have actually said this many times, especially lately, a lot of people that are that are you know pushing conspiracies are doing it for money right um there's a, a significant amount of the population especially after 2020 after covid that are easily susceptible to all kinds of conspiracy theories how many people did donald trump turn and uh, turn or make conspiracy theorists rather how many people did donald trump make into conspiracy theorists uh the whole administration i've seen so many teethless retarded rednecks that got very political after Donald Trump got into the White House. And I voted for Donald Trump in uh, in in uh, 2020, right? I was trying to think if it was 2016 or 2020, but it was the most controversial election of freaking all time, essentially. I, I still, to this day, do believe that Donald Trump received more votes than Biden. Uh, a big hint as to why is that uh, Biden and Kamala Harris both together came to Phoenix and not one person showed up at that rally, but somehow 
Arizona turned into a blue state for the first time since I think like JFK or maybe before that. I don't know the last time that um, that Arizona was blue, but it was somehow this time with a wildly unpopular president. Um, remember all the rules that changed? Uh, not rules. Well, yeah, rules. Not not laws by any means, but rules that changed. Uh, YouTube took away the dislike button. How many people remember the dislike button these days? You know, in, in five or ten years, people are going to say, wait, YouTube had a dislike button? That seems rude, you know? So many things changed because of this, but I don't know why I went on this tangent here, but yeah, I... Uh, I a lot of people turn into conspiracy theorists now and this this episode does do a really good job kind of pushing that idea and, and and making that clear that just because you're on one side or the other doesn't mean that you're right if you're far left you're probably wrong if you're far right you're probably wrong as well the answer is 10 times out of 10 somewhere in the middle of those two so the people that just 100 percent believe the government are usually wrong and the people that never believe the government are usually wrong too now Check out the show and tell presentation that Eric Cartman gives. Again, the fat asshole. Uh, making a lot of connections. And I think this is brilliant work by Cartman here, to be honest. This is some shit that I've seen a lot of QAnon people do when it comes to finding patterns and deltas and all this shit. But uh, show and tell presentation by Eric Cartman. And when he refers to Kyle here, just remember that Kyle is a Jew. Uh, every time that he says Kyle, replace Kyle with Jews. And it might give you an idea of what the fat asshole is saying here. When he when he zooms in on the smoke of 9-11 there's like a superimposed image of kyle's face in there now you remember when they were saying that like people would see like satan in the smoke of 9-11 or osama bin laden would be seen in the smoke of 9-11 and all that stuff that's kind of what they're referring to there but yeah just well done and if you didn't catch it because my clips honestly they're they're not a hundred percent like quality they're very far from a hundred percent quality you're hearing dogs walk around in the background you're hearing my dumb dog ghost get a drink of water and then start coughing in the middle of one of them um cartman brings up silverstein larry silverstein's board of directors there was 12 people sitting on it either 12 or 9 i couldn't even follow all of that but that's what people do right that's what some of the wild people do when they're just trying to cash in on the whole conspiracy theory movement they don't really care about what's to be gained or any kind of misdirection as long as they get riveting content out there that's how i used to be with the show honestly and, and you could probably tell that especially if you heard the early episodes when brandon was a part of the show right we had a hardcore liberal that's wrong and then we had a hardcore conspiracy theorist that's wrong right nine times out of ten we're both a little wrong on things the answer's somewhere in the middle that's what the show was doing in its early days now I try to be more in the middle. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm right 100% of the time, but you still get my point here, hopefully. 
But let's move back into the uh, episode here. After the whole scene that I just played for you, it goes to the parents of all the kids being very concerned that the kids are, you know, believing weird theories about 9-11. They're getting into conspiracies and they're not believing the narrative that was given to them by good old daddy government. And they hold a little uh, town meeting inside of the school. They start arguing in this town meeting because some of the parents are on the side of the government. Some are on the side of alternative thinkers Meanwhile, Mr. Mackey is still very upset about the turd that was left in the toilet. He raises the concern. And out of nowhere, Randy, who is Stan's dad, calls in the Hardly Boys to solve the 9-11 case. So not only are the, the Hardly Boys working on the you know, case of the mysterious dump that was taken in the urinal, they're simultaneously trying to solve who committed the terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001. Now... They're asking questions like who would benefit from some buildings collapsing the whole time? Well, the clear answer is Larry Silverstein, by the way, had a huge insurance policy and all kinds of shit and Halliburton would benefit. They've been trying to go and get all kinds of oil over there in the Middle East for quite some time. Uh, George W. Bush, his dad had tried to start, you know, the Gulf War and, and try and, you know, I, I guess he did a very good job starting and he tried to finish something we're not really sure what the whole deal was there was weapons of mass destruction there was babies in incubators there was all these things all these false narratives that were thrown out there by the very very i think uh fraudulent and corrupt administration during that time so they're asking these questions and finally stan goes to kyle and he's starting to kind of believe that maybe his friend kyle the jewish kid is responsible for 9-11 somehow goes there tries to help him and uh, they end up coming to the conclusion that they need some answers. They need some better answers as to who was behind 9-11 so that they can clear Kyle's name. And they go to a hardcore truther to try and help to prove that Kyle was innocent. Um, again, prove that the Jews were innocent. Prove that some like powerful entity here in this country is innocent. Now, you know me. I don't think that the, the average everyday Jew was responsible for any of this. There's some Jews that are high up in government too, though. This is not a battle of religion or of middle-class people. This is middle-class and lower-class versus the top. The elite are always the ones in question here, right? Um, and yes, the parasitic class, whatever. But hey, at the end of the day, they're still elite. Uh, they have a lot more than most of us will ever have as far as material things but this is what they end up finding, Stan and Kyle, when they try to get some help from a hardcore truther. This is like an Alex Jones type almost, but uh, a lot less annoying. So here he is. with kyle holding anthrax the cops bust in um immediately the police take kyle and stan to where else but the white house i mean why would they not go straight to the white house it is a cartoon after all and they meet up with the bush administration and here's their exchange You got Rumsfeld, Condoleezza Rice. You think we don't know your name? We know everything. We control everything. 
<laughs> Flawlessly executed plan, he says. Awesome stuff. Now, um, d- directly after that, Bush tries to kill Stan and Kyle. Um, first, he kills the truther. They bring in Dick Cheney to to shoot the two boys dick cheney misses he's not a good shot as we remember if you don't remember dick cheney did shoot one of his hunting buddies shortly after 9 11 if i'm not mistaken it could have been before but i think it was shortly after and uh that was just another kind of distraction uh maybe a sacrificial sort of humiliation ritual but not too many people were too worried about that it was just kind of something that kind of made you know some some waves in pop culture it was kind of referenced often but uh no one was was uh you know, saying too much about that. Now, Kyle and Stan get away from Dick Cheney after he misses the shot. They run around, they get out of there, and they end up seeing this truther that they saw right before their eyes. They see him walking around getting donuts and coffee. And they say, what the fuck is going on? They chase this dude down. They get him cornered in an alley. And the guy, the truther, the guy that's leading a 9-11 truth website, says, I'm just doing what they tell me to do. And then he gets shot. Another dude comes out of nowhere, shoots this dude, and then randomly just says to Kyle and Stan to follow him. They say, why? He says, I have no time to tell you. I can't explain. Just follow me. This guy ends up being the Hardly Boys' dad. And the Hardly Boys break some uh, some pretty interesting truth bombs here. And uh, this, is, uh, this is them here. I love how they talk, by the way. Me, my mystery solving son. to a 9-11 conspiracy group party where they got a lot more clues. I was getting a clue like every two minutes. I got such a raging clue that I almost shot clue goo all over Joe. Those clues pointed out that all the 9-11 conspiracy theories could be disproven scientifically. And that's when Frank got his biggest clue. It was huge. That all the 9-11 conspiracy websites are run by the government. The 9-11 conspiracy is a government conspiracy. Oh, Jesus. Why would the government want people to think they caused 9-11? For government to have power, they must appear to have complete control. What better way to make people fear them than to convince them they are capable of the most elaborate plan on Earth? That's quite enough, Harley. <laughs> now, if you could hear in the background, that was my dumb, fat dog chugging water until he starts coughing. That's, that you know, that's one of those things that happens when you're, uh, you know, taking audio samples like this and i also kind of felt like this would be safer to do rather than playing them like from youtube or whatever uh wherever you can find these or streaming them directly into this i'm a little worried about like you know the the amount of audio that i'm using for the episode but i haven't done it before so maybe in the future ones i can get some clearer ones um but this is also a lot easier to to do so hopefully that wasn't too distracting there but holy shit, was I frustrated. I'm filming this and, and recording, and I'm just looking over at my fat dog choking on water. Um, they lay down all day, and then when I try and do something, they do that. So God bless them. I still love them. Uh, still pay several hundred dollars yearly for that dog to have thyroid pills. So clearly I love them. But anyway, you hear that. You hear this guy breaking down more about the whole conspiracy theory and that whole way of thought. And... Um, you know, it's not clear whether the writers, uh, from a surface level, whether the writers are trying to tell you that, yes, 9-11 was perpetuated by the government or not. But the fact that they're bringing up the discussion, I think, is enough to just say it's it's interesting. And it's it, it's really, really entertaining. So uh, whether you see it like that or not, I, I can't... Uh, I can't say how much I like this show enough. And this is the best episode as far as this kind of stuff goes. At the end of everything, they come to the conclusion that, you guessed it, terrorists committed 9-11. It was not perpetuated by the government whatsoever. And, spoiler alert, if you were concerned by this totally, you know, random crime that was committed, who, who shit in the urinal, it was Stan. It was one of the main characters, one of the main four boys of the show who was going along with Kyle the whole time trying to prove that Kyle was innocent. So just strange. Uh, at the end of the day, it's like the people that are helping 
like you can get that message from this the people that are helping stan trying to help his friend kyle to prove that kyle is innocent to prove that the jews are innocent if you want to go that far with it kyle is the one that actually perpetuated the crime so he's trying to get the bottom of it he's trying to figure out what happened but he was also the one that kind of committed the crime that the whole show started out with. So I, I kind of think that that's a really subliminal way of saying that like these guys think that the Bush administration had something to do with it. Not putting that in their words in their mouth. I'm sure you can come to the conclusion your own way, um, whether you believe that would be the case or not. I'm sure there's a ton of people out there that uh, were triggered alone by the idea of Kyle saying that you can't disprove the theory of evolution, but it doesn't mean that it's fake. I don't believe in evolution, but still you know they, they do a good job of making it not clear what their position on these things are while still dropping some interesting truths so check that one out guys again that episode is the mystery of the urinal deuce season 10 episode 7 got a few more here for you this next one here is kind of a goofy one even by south park standards it's called the jupacabra episode four of season 16 awesome stuff here as always now cartman in this episode uh you know i might have mentioned a few times at this point that he does hate jews he hates all kinds of other people but this this one obviously focusing on jews hence the name jupacabra um he pretends to learn about passover from kyle's mom right they're always fighting they're always bickering for some reason you know Kyle wakes up, sees Cartman chatting his mom up about what Passover represents in the Jewish community. Uh, Cartman starts kind of spreading these rumors that he heard a jupacabra out in the woods or whatever there in South Park. And later on, he ends up convincing a couple of the kids that this jupacabra thing is real. And Butters, who's the most gullible out of all these kids, gets woken up in the middle of the night to go out hunting for a jupacabra using what cartman says is his mating call now i was thinking about playing the mating call it's funny but it is offensive uh to you know christians and stuff because basically the mating call for the jupacabra is like yelling out there is no christ christ is a lie things like that like i said it, it's it's funny if you can kind of take it as a joke right like if you know that these things are true you should be able to at least laugh at them, I think, in, in ways like this. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting how some people get really upset about that kind of stuff. Uh, but it's it's a sensitive topic for a lot of people. But, man, they're out there just screaming. They're set up with their night vision cameras. And they're screaming in the dark uh, that Jesus doesn't exist. And they think that this is going to attract the Jupacabra. Now, they're out there filming. They got all their equipment like uh, legitimate cryptid hunters and they say that they get some kind of evidence and Cartman ends up actually tricking this local grocery store that's got a lot of money behind it. It's essentially almost like a Walmart type situation. It actually looks like a Walmart from the outside when they go into it. So massive grocery store and um, tricks the grocery store who is funding the Easter egg hunt, right? The whole Passover thing with Easter and, and all that stuff, right? I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I know exactly what the connection is, but uh, they're they're making the connection here in the episode. Now, Cartman is trying to convince the, the grocery store that they can't let any kids do the Easter egg hunting because the Jupacabra is going to kill all the good Christian kids that are hunting eggs because for whatever reason, we hunt eggs during Easter because it represents something and it's not a pagan holiday at all. It, I, I don't know. It, it's strange to me. Really, really weird. But he ends up getting some traction here. And when he brings the evidence to the grocery store, this is what we get. We started Superfoods to give people a place to buy groceries that was fun and safe. We are not canceling our Easter egg hunt because of some wild story. I didn't think you would believe me. That's why last night I took it upon myself to go out and try to capture it on video. What I'm about to show you is the first video ever shot of a Jupacabra. You're the first to see it. This is just after 8 p.m. First we heard wrestling in the bushes and a strange animal-like scurrying sound. That's when we saw this. Okay, wait for it. 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 Right there! See the Jupacabra? I know, it's so shocking. It takes a minute for your brain to process what it's seeing. Watch again. Jupacabra himself. I wasn't a dog. There was no dog. I was there. 
Now, this grocery store that's like obsessed with safety, their whole like motto, their their slogan is fun and safe grocery shopping. And they, they every time they're in, they're in multiple episodes throughout the, the course of the show. But every time they like put an overemphasis on fun and safety. And so they, they say, well, what are the chances that this Jupacabra thing is going to hurt one of these kids during this Easter egg hunt that we're sponsoring? And the guy says, I give it a point zero 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 one percent chance. And so that's all that it takes for the CEO of this grocery store to fully fund an expedition to hunt a jupacabra. Now, Cartman, if he gets his way, will be the only kid that will be able to do the Easter egg hunting, right? And it's awesome. But um, after he goes to Atlantis, which is, you know, the resort in, I forget where it is, in like Nassau, like it's in the Bahamas. Um, but yeah, he goes out there that, that slide that goes through the shark tank, does all that fun stuff. And once he gets like a free trip to basically just have a good time, he shows the footage that he showed to the, um, grocery store who's funding him now shows this footage to these people that are Bigfoot researchers. And it really kind of captures the buffoonery that these like hardcore cryptid hunters kind of possess within themselves right um the whole time they're either saying like if if people believe in bigfoot they're either stupid or they're lying right and i tend to think that a lot of that's true um there is some weird stuff that happens with like cryptids and bigfoot and shit but the people that they take some evidence and then they present it to you like they're like they're legitimately finding something they're either stupid or they're assholes uh, or, or they're lying. So uh, this is kind of a funny thing. Again, these buffoons that, that uh, you know, are in charge of finding the Jupacabra and Cartman convinces them pretty easily that Jupacabra is real and this is their little engagement here. Pretty great. <laughs> Yeah, sorry for that background noise there. I don't know what exactly that was, but you do get the idea here, right? I mean, uh, just total weirdos. And and the picture that they drop in next to the, uh, the, the chupacabra, or the chupacabra, I should say, is totally, like, not to scale at all. It's like a giant dog that they bring in that's just, it's not even cut out properly. It's just essentially, like, a square image with the background and everything of a dog just to try and get some sort of scale as to how big this thing might be awesome just really really i think in my opinion accurate stuff when you watch the like documentaries and stuff like that on um like discovery channel where these people are out there hunting you know ghosts or whatever it's always the loosest evidence that they present right and i think it just kind of in my opinion really kind of encapsulates that idea of like the fraudulence that's behind a lot of this stuff so funny and uh and i think like i said accurate now at that point as you can probably kind of hear in that clip Cartman kind of starts believing his own bullshit. He starts believing like, oh shit, 
this thing is real. These are experts, you know, and they're starting to believe that Bigfoot, you know, is not as it's not the scary thing anymore. Now it's the Jupacabra. So Cartman starts freaking himself out. And the store owners that are holding this Easter egg hunt at this point kidnap Cartman. They tie him to like a cement block uh, out in the middle of the forest. And then they splash blood on him and say that, you know, we, we still need to do our, our Easter egg hunt. It's a big day for the grocery store. So we're going to just sacrifice you to this Jupacabra and then everything should be good after that. So of course he's freaking out, throwing a fit. And I don't know if I mentioned it, but he is wearing a giant bunny suit after the Easter bunny. So he's tied up, splashed with blood, wearing a white bunny suit. Now these research buffoons, right? I, I, there's no better word to describe those types of people other than buffoons. I mean, they are rednecks that somehow have some money that they can throw down on some uh, like ghost hunting shit. Ghost hunting's fun, okay? Don't get me wrong. There's some fun people that do that stuff. I'm not trying to talk shit to them that are doing it at a low level. But the people that are clearly exploiting, like I said, on the Discovery Channel and shit like that, they're going to like the the Lizzie Borden house and shit like that, or or some you know Winchester home or something, you know, nothing that's legit. It's always total BS, right? Now, with the the you know Cartman out there tied to this thing, looking like a giant rabbit, the the research guys go out there, they see this giant rabbit man thing and they think that it's a new cryptid so the bobo guy that you heard talking the real dumb sounding one tranquilizes cartman wearing the bunny suit and cartman begins to hallucinate and he actually is taken back to the time of ancient egypt with like the whole hebrew egypt thing it's you know part of the old testament if i'm not mistaken where you know god's making it rain frogs because god is uh angry at the egyptians for treating the hebrews badly right if i'm getting the story correct and they they present this well in the show with cartman being the pharaoh's son and kyle and his family being some of the persecuted jews back in ancient egypt so here we go this is the middle of the apocalypse So there he goes. He runs off to his dad, who again is the Pharaoh, uh, to try to convince him that we need to be nice to the Hebrews and all that stuff. And, and the Pharaoh's not having any of it, obviously. Pretty good stuff. Now, meanwhile, in the real world, while Cartman's having these hallucinations, Kyle, the Jewish kid, starts feeling bad that Cartman is tied up in the woods. He knows about this, and he he can't sleep at night because, uh, you know, his his kind of friend is tied up out there so he goes to help the you know unconscious cartman um keeps on going the the story kind of keeps moving along and you know cartman's gone out of the forest so the store owners think that okay jupacabra came and killed this guy we're safe to have our easter egg hunt we can carry on like normal so they begin the easter egg hunt and it's funny actually it should be mentioned that again you know the store totally focused on safety and all this shit the kids are just rioting to try and get eggs. I mean, they're beating the shit out of each other. It's totally not a fun or safe looking thing. Um, so, you know, that's just kind of a side point as to like, yeah, they don't really care about safety at all. This is just one of those gimmicks that a store can have to, to try and make it seem like it cares about its customers. Now, Cartman ends up running in, interrupting the Easter egg hunt to basically talk about what happened and Carmen ends up at the end of the episode being Jewish because he has seen the light. He understands um, that Christianity is wrong and he is now Jewish. Now, this isn't me saying this. This is just essentially what uh, what Cartman, the conclusion that Cartman comes to here. And it's pretty hilarious. This is basically the end of the episode. Uh, 
So, yeah, clearly, um, again, I told you there was going to be some offensive shit in here. You know, you got to have fun with this stuff. You can't take it too personal, no matter where uh, you sit, you know, on the whole Christianity thing. You know that I uh, am almost, it seems, constantly drifting more and more towards that whole thing. But I can still laugh at the idea of somebody, uh, especially a crudely drawn cartoon, saying something like that. And essentially how they say letting stupid people believe what they want if you're confident in your beliefs you can at least hear this stuff so that's what's uh you know i think a really really well done sort of aspect of that particular episode so we've gone through three now right and i think i'm going to call it there you might notice the audio change uh maybe it's subtle maybe it's kind of more drastic i have no idea why i haven't touched a single setting on my roadcaster here uh, new toy that I am still learning quite a bit about, but I can tell that this probably sounds a lot better than the rest of the episode, which sucks because that was the full uh, full thing. So if you do want to hear a couple more South Park breakdowns, I'm gonna do two more episodes that I've got notes on here and some uh, some fun clips. And uh, yeah, that that'll do it for this one. But we will be doing more of these over here for sure. Um, love breaking the show down and just kind of, you know, showing some of the conspiratorial topics and the societal topics, right? These aren't all conspiracies, but I mean, they're hitting the nail on the head with some of these. And the next two that I'm going to be doing on Patreon are, I think, the best out of the two, other than maybe the uh, teacher one. That teacher one really hits home. I actually mentioned it last night on a swap cast that I did with the lovely Joe and Jen and uh, the even lovelier Ron from New England. Uh, and then my my old co-host, my cousin, hopped on and uh, we did a retro episode. We basically kind of all debated very friendly, um, uh, you know, all this shit that is going on, politics and all the kind of, you know, fun stuff where it's nice to get in discussions that can be a little heated, but very respectful still. So it was a great one. That's another fun one that I'll be releasing probably on like a Sunday as like a bonus type situation there. But um, video for that will be available on patreon as well so if you want to hear the rest guys patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast gonna do two more breakdowns of the lovely show that is south park saying lovely a lot today um but yeah guys thank you so much for your support and hope you enjoyed it hopefully you laughed and uh see you later take care